0: Welcome to Line 44 with your host, Gracia Small, the podcast for anyone who feels like their life is unraveling. Hey guys, thanks for joining me in today's episode. We will continue our conversation on codependency as well as the roots of codependency and what that looks like in the practicality of life. If you find yourself resonating with some of the stuff that I discuss. I highly recommend that you stay for the end of the episode where I will be giving you some resources to help you start to kind of unravel and detangle the web that is codependency. Um, I just want you to be encouraged that awareness is the first step in healing. And if you resonate with any of this, you are now aware and what you do with that awareness and how you heal is entirely dependent on you sometimes i wonder how did i not know that i was codependent how did i like never hear about it see about it any of these things and and then i realized that a lot of the times when we're describing these tendencies we describe them in the extreme right and so because codependency is a spectrum right i I didn't know what the practical application of these things look like and how they play out in daily living so let me give you an example one of the descriptions of codependency is obviously not being able to meet your own needs but it's also being manipulative how is someone who's so giving of themselves, that someone who's willing to go above and beyond to serve other people, how are they manipulative? Well, they do those things to be able to navigate the relationship. And then also, in order for you to be accepted by people, you don't, you cannot be Authentically, you. So, when you're not authentically you and you are only what people want or what people need, then that's a form of manipulation. That's a way that you're controlling them as opposed to just being yourself and allowing them to accept you and whatever that looks like. So, when I'm watching this play out or when I'm learning about it, I only ever hear the definitions of those extremes, right? I don't know that codependency is a spectrum and it looks different. It looks like you not being able to go long periods of time without communication with your significant other. It looks like you not being able to be alone with yourself for long periods of time. It looks like you constantly needing someone to validate what you're feeling, seeing, hearing. Meaning if you have a bad day at work, your immediate response is not to sit in your car and process and think about how it impacted you, but it's to call someone else and share how you feel and then hear by their response, whether or not it's an appropriate response. There's literally this pervasive thing with codependency where you lack an internal compass. And so you need other people to confirm to you that what you're seeing, hearing, and feeling is correct. And then out of fear of them rejecting you. See, the thing with codependency is that When healthy people put boundaries on you, it feels like rejection. Let me say that again. When you're codependent and someone puts boundaries on your relationship with them, you will feel, instead of it being an attempt to continue and maintain the relationship, you will feel like it is them rejecting you. That is a massive indicator of codependent issues. And some of the reason why we get into these scenarios and we're completely unaware is because we grew up in normal, typical environments that are reflective of what we're still doing in our everyday relationships. Codependency is a coping skill for the trauma response called fawning. When our stress response is kicked on, we go into fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And fawning can look like a couple of different things. One of which is codependency. Another one is people-pleasing. This happens when you grow up in a... Atmosphere where you're where you believe as a child that your overall well-being and safety is dependent on you navigating the emotions of people around you, meaning that you are anticipating their emotions. You can hear when they get home and whether or not how they walk in, if they're angry or not. You can tell a difference in their different when they change their breathing, when they start taking deep breaths. You are hyper vigilant. Because you were conditioned to walk on eggshells to cater to the emotional needs of people, presumably your caregivers, because they're the first attachment that you have in the world. So because... You grew up in an unpredictable, emotionally unpredictable atmosphere. It translated to you as a child, your nervous system and your mind, that you were the problem and you had to navigate that and you had to walk on eggshells. So what does that look like in adulthood? That looks like having a hard time telling people no. That looks like self-betrayal on the behalf or for the benefit of other people. That looks like needing someone else to validate you. That looks like not being able to navigate scenarios without having tons of different people's opinions involved in it. That looks like not being able to sit and be with yourself alone with your thoughts. This spectrum was so wide that when I would hear the, the intense you know, really, really black and white definitions. I wouldn't believe I fell in that category. But then when I started learning the the way that it practical, in the practicality of what it looks like, I started to realize that I was constantly living in a fawning trauma response. One of the greatest needs of humans is the need to be seen loved and accepted for who you are. And the thing about codependency is that it it renders you, it paralyzes you from being authentic because you were so terrified of being rejected. So you are a great chameleon. You know how to become anything and everyone that others need. You know how to be important and be valuable. You know how to be needed because you were completely conditioned to receive your validation from external. I had another longtime friend that, um, you know, we had a conversation of like, hey, we both kind of like each other. Do we want to explore this? And so we decided to go on a date. Um, and we had spent some time talking and, um, he was, he's a great, great friend. We didn't end up pursuing anything because he, um, was going to end up moving out of state. And so we just left as, as friends, but in this kind of, you know, um, exploratory season, we went on a date and had a lot of fun. Um, and, and then we kept talking, we kept, you know, Investigating each other, I guess, understanding one another, getting to know one another, and um, finally, before we, before he decided to officially move, we had come to this point where he felt like it was necessary to let me know something really personal about his life, and um, it was that he had contracted a virus, a, a um, STD, when he was younger, very, very, uh, a lot younger, and um, you know, he wanted to give me the opportunity before I continue to invest in him if I wanted to keep going, knowing this information. And at first, I'm going to be honest, I was completely unaware. I was like, I have only heard of what this looks like in a relational dynamic and how that can impact like your sex life as a, you know, in your relationship. I would need to like do more like investigate more and, and all of that. And he was completely understanding. And after I had done some research, I realized that it was very, very common. Um, and, and the outbreaks don't happen that often unless you're super, super stressed. And so, um, you know, I was able to really like with an open mind kind of wrap my head around that. And, um, and when I came back and I had a conversation with him, he had this sense of relief. And I know I visibly noticed it in the conversation. And so I realized that he probably hadn't told that many people. I had asked like, you know, when I saw the relief, like how many people know? And he was like, I've only told people I was in a serious relationship with, but I haven't been in that many serious relationships, partly because of this. And I paused because I, I realized that he hadn't been able to fully express who he was and all the struggles and stuff that he was going through. He hadn't had that opportunity to be vulnerable and to be authentic and share the shit that we struggle with. He hadn't had that that often. And I told him that it dawned on me that when you can't share those deep, painful things that, that harm you and and challenge you and make you question things as an adult, if you can't share those with other people, you can't ever truly be seen. And I thanked him. I actually started crying and he started crying. Um, And I thanked him for being vulnerable and for being honest and for being him. And it, you know, it developed this really great friendship and we're still friends to this day. And I think it was the beginning of me realizing that it it did something inside of me it it sparked an emotion inside of me and now i know it was like me saying i am not fully seen right i was going through so much shit at this time my um my husband at the time had relapsed and i had removed him from my house and we were mid pandemic and i was fucking going through it you know working full time and doing school with the kids and 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 not doing not coping emotionally well and i i realized after that conversation that i had not been seen in many many years because i had hid behind trying to keep my life together trying to keep it normal trying to make sure it was it looked like and was perceived as healthy when the truth was far from that and i realized that i had spent so many years never being seen because i couldn't share the things that were happening inside of me i didn't know what was happening inside of me right but then as i as i started to really wrap my mind around things how do you tell people how do you Fucking understand where I'm coming from. I was a pastor for 10 years from small churches to a 10,000 seat auditorium megachurch. And within six months, I went from the front row to the rehab center family day. My entire world spun off of its axis and I couldn't grab a hold of anything. And in trying to survive, I couldn't connect with people because in order to connect with people, in order to connect with people, you need to be vulnerable. And in order to be vulnerable, you have to allow every part of you to be seen. I didn't know how to do that. And so it started stirring inside of me this feeling of I can't keep living this way cocooned in my own pain in my own misery and and hoping that it goes away man i'll tell you one thing religion will keep you fucking stuck I would pray and pray and pray and hope and hope and hope that things would change. And I was waiting for someone to come save me. I was waiting for something to change. I was waiting. I was waiting and nothing was happening. And I had to come to the conclusion that it had to be me. I had to change. I had to reach out and start doing something because what i was doing was not working and it was going to harm me so i started really taking deeper looks at myself and what was happening inside of me and noticing things that i would say and the responses i would have or things that people would say and the responses i would have to what they said and it became it made me a little bit more perceptive and aware of kind of my overall reaction to things and you know as i started investigating myself more i started noticing more um i had gone on to hang out with this same friend who i spoke about earlier in this episode and uh, we were hanging out at his house once and i had decided that i was going to tell him about my past he didn't really know I knew that I wanted to share with someone and I I valued that he shared his personal things with me. And um, at the time, I don't think that I could understand this, but I know now why I shared with him, which is because I viewed him as a safe person. And how do I know that is because of what happened after I shared this with him. He was sympathetic to everything that I had gone through and and he hugged me and when he hugged me, I felt safe. And the feeling of safe threw my body into an all out panic attack. Where I was shaking, I was crying, I was not okay. And he did not know how to respond. And all I could say was ice. I couldn't even talk. I just was ice, ice. I need ice. I I was stuttering. I need ice. And he lives in like a a really, really small apartment. So it was a very, very, very small refrigerator. And so the only thing he didn't have ice, he only had frozen fucking mangoes and fried rice. So he covered my my chest and my neck uh, and my shoulders for me to cool down. And I, um, and, and, you know, slowly my panic attack dissipated and I didn't have answers for him then about why, what, you know, I, I didn't know what was happening then. I know now that the feeling of safe was so foreign to my nervous system that it kicked on my fight or flight and I had a panic attack. And that is really difficult for me to say because think about that. I had not felt a sense of peace or safety for so long that my nervous system said I'm not safe here. It was that moment that provoked me and told me I need professional help more than just therapy. Because I I can help my mind as much as I can, but fuck, man, when it's your body, what do you do? Right? That was an automated response. I had no control of that. It just fucking happened in a matter of a split second. And in my journey of trying to investigate what I was going through, what I was feeling, what I was experiencing, I started to realize that what was happening inside of me was trauma. Stored trauma. It was my body and my brain saying, we can no longer cope. We need help. And so I did just that. I started looking up every resource about trauma. I started learning about what it looks like in your body. I started learning what trauma responses were. I started learning. I, I went on this journey to, in my mind, I, in the beginning, in my mind, I went on this journey to learn the most about my enemy which I felt was my brain for betraying me. And in the journey, I discovered that my brain was never the enemy. It was always my ally. I just didn't know how to help it. Hey guys, thanks for joining me in today's episode. As promised, I want to leave you with some resources to equip you for your healing journey. A fantastic book that is based on codependency is called Codependent No More by Melody Beatty. Highly recommend that book as you start your journey. I also recommend the Boundaries book that I had mentioned a few episodes back that also begins the process of healing codependency. I just want to let you know that the root of codependency is low self-esteem. And so in order to really build that inside of you and kind of start that ball rolling, I want to give you a challenge part of having low self esteem is self betraying and i want you to pick one small promise to keep to yourself and i mean small something attainable something that you can do something that you can add to your calendar like drink a, a glass of you know hot lemon water in the morning when you get up or go for a five minute walk outdoors or pick something small and attainable and do it for yourself stay committed for 30 days and just watch what that begins to shift in your life i know it doesn't seem like a big deal but small steps make a huge impact when there is consistency behind it so just keep that in mind Also, always remember you're seen, you're heard, and you're valued. Have a great one.